Welcome, friends. I'm Rev. Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for August 22, 2023. Today's New Testament lesson is from the book of Romans, chapter 11, verses 13 to 29. Insiders and Outsiders But I don't want to go on about them, that is, the Jews. It's you, the outsiders, that I'm concerned with now. Because my personal assignment is focused on the so-called outsiders, I make as much of this as I can when I'm among my Israelite kin, the so-called insiders, hoping they'll realize what they're missing and want to get in on what God is doing. If their falling out initiated this worldwide coming together, their recovery is going to set off something even better. Mass homecoming. If the first thing the Jews did even though it was wrong for them, turned out for your good, just think what's going to happen when they get it right. Behind and underneath all this, there is a holy, God-planted, God-tended root. If the primary root of the tree is holy, there's bound to be some holy fruit. Some of the tree's branches were pruned, and you wild olive shoots were grafted in. Yet the fact that you are now fed by that rich and holy root gives you no cause to gloat over the pruned branches. Remember, you are not feeding the root. The root is feeding you. It's certainly possible to say, other branches were pruned so that I could be grafted in. Well and good, but they were pruned because they were dead wood, no longer connected by belief and commitment to the root. The only reason you're on the tree is because your graft took when you believed, and because you're connected to that belief-nurturing root. So don't get cocky and strut your branch. Be humbly mindful of the root that keeps you alive and green. If God did not think twice about taking pruning shears to the natural branches, why would he hesitate over you? He would not give it a second thought. Make sure you stay alert to these qualities of gentle kindness and ruthless severity that exist side by side in God. Ruthless with the dead wood, gentle with the grafted shoot. But don't presume on this gentleness. The moment you become dead wood, it's game over. And don't get to feeling superior to those pruned branches down on the ground. If they don't persist in remaining dead wood, they could very well get grafted back in. God can do that. He can perform miracle grafts. Why, if he could graft you, branches cut from a tree out in the wild, into an orchard tree, he certainly isn't going to have any trouble grafting branches back into the tree they grew from in the first place. Just be glad you're in the tree, and hope for the best for the others. I want to lay all this out on the table as clearly as I can, friends. This is complicated. It would be easy to misinterpret what's going on and arrogantly assume that you're royalty and they're just rabble, out on their ears for good. But that's not it at all. This hardness on the part of insider Israel toward God is temporary. Its effect is to open things up to all the outsiders so that we end up with a full house. Before it's all over, there will be a complete Israel. As it is written, a champion will stride down from the mountain of Zion, 
to a clean house in Jacob, and this is my commitment to my people, removal of their sins. From your point of view, as you hear and embrace the good news of the message, it looks like the Jews are God's enemies. But looked at from the long-range perspective of God's overall purpose, they remain God's oldest friends. God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. The Message A big reason a lot of people don't go to church anymore is that they can't stand the bickering, backbiting, and belligerence amongst the people. It's sad that so many have had a bad experience of Christians squabbling with each other. It's not supposed to be this way. The letter to the Romans reminds me of two siblings going at it, always at odds with each other. Gentile and Jew both together in one church, constantly arguing and never stopping to listen to the other. The Apostle Paul, their spiritual parent, had enough of it. So he wrote a lengthy tone, often alternating between speaking directly to Brother Gentile and then to Brother Jew. Wisely, Paul never took sides and avoided favoritism even though he himself was Jewish. In today's New Testament lesson, Paul speaks pointedly and forthrightly to the Gentiles in the church. He gets to the issue of Brother Gentiles' attitude and view toward Brother Jew. Father Paul's instruction to Brother Gentile is also instructive for us as we navigate a pluralistic world in a diverse church. Brother Gentile tended to look down on Brother Jew as stuck in the past, too concerned for tradition, and unwilling to change. Brother Gentile thought it was high time Brother Jew understood that all that Jewish stuff is no longer needed. Gentiles were the future of the church. For Brother Gentile, God has accepted him, and Brother Jew has been rejected as an unwanted anachronism. But Father Paul would have none of that kind of thinking. He was not going to allow Brother Gentile to eviscerate Brother Jew of his identity. Notice Father Paul's reasoning to his son, Brother Gentile, utilizing the lesser to the greater argument. Brother Jew's stumbling and bumbling has already caused Brother Gentile to come to faith in Christ. Brother Gentile's deliverance and acceptance will cause Brother Jew's jealousy to kick in. Brother Jew's response will bring even greater spiritual blessing to the world. Paul insisted that Brother Jew still has a prominent place in the family, that a time is coming when the entire human family will have their socks blessed off because of him. Just as an olive tree is pruned and has branches grafted in, Brother Gentile needs to understand he is a graft and not part of the original tree. Therefore, there is no place for arrogant pride. Grafted branches get broken off and pruned too, and pruned branches can also be grafted back on the tree. So Father Paul wanted his sons to understand and appreciate one another as the one tree in God's family. There is room for neither Brother Gentile's complacency nor Brother Jew's despair. 
both brothers share together in one equitable tree of life, enjoying the blessings of renewal and restoration. Let us take these lessons to heart in our interactions with folks who are different from ourselves. There is no room in God's benevolent kingdom for simpletons who fail to see beyond the end of their noses. Instead, we are to appreciate our brother who looks, thinks, and lives differently than us. God is only intolerant about intolerance. The Lord desires mercy and justice toward those distinctly offbeat from our own path. Just because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life does not give any follower of Christ a license to misinterpret, misrepresent, and mistreat another group of people who subscribe to various jots and tittles other than ours. Neither you nor I are the gardener. We do not get to do the pruning and grafting. That's God's job, not ours. Love is our business, while the Lord will show both his kindness and his sternness when and to, to whom he will. Simply assuming we are always on the right side of things only produces a lack of listening, a lack of like-mindedness, and a lack of love. It creates a worldly system of demagoguery, inattention to suffering, and narrow policies, procedures, and laws which benefit only one brother and not all the siblings. Father Paul said earlier in his letter, God does not have any favorites. That's Romans 2.11. And Father James said in his letter, Don't treat some people better than others. That's James 2.1. Father Peter said, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. Rather, in every nation, whoever worships him and does what is right is acceptable to him. That's Acts chapter 10. And the witness of the Old Testament says, Cut away the thick calluses from your heart and stop being so willfully hard-hearted. God, your God, is the God of all gods. He is the master of all masters, a God immense and powerful and awesome. He does not play favorites, takes no bribes, makes sure orphans and widows are treated fairly, takes loving care of foreigners by seeing that they get food and clothing. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Let's pray. For our failure to realize that the whole world is a family, that Christ is all and in all, O Lord, forgive. For our prejudice and self-consciousness of race, color, or language, O Lord, forgive. For our indifference and lack of concern for our neighbors living in poverty and unemployment and for children who are ill-clothed, illiterate, and ill, O Lord, forgive. For our unwillingness to understand the needs and problems of other people, the bitterness of those without power, and the groans of the oppressed, O Lord, forgive. For our readiness to acquiesce in the ways of the majority, to seek the past, path of least resistance, and to prefer popularity to fairness. O Lord, forgive. Christ, 
Have mercy on us all. Amen.